ESPN New Hampshire studios. Actually, on a Friday night, it's FNL Winter. That's right. What a concept, right? Friday night? We're actually naming the show based on the day it's being played. Live from our studios in Nashua and soon live from good old Bedford, New Hampshire. We'll have live basketball and more. But the host of this uh, actually two-hour and 55-minute show, because we get out of the way for the top of 9 (laughs) o'clock... It's Patrick Gilroy. Good evening, Patrick. Good evening, Tim. I'm uh, happy to be here this evening as we sort of take some time to break down tonight's FNL Game of the Week. It's the uh, Salem Blue Devils taking on the Bedford Bulldogs coming up at the bottom of the hour. We'll have the call with Nick Anastas. Of course, all of this is brought to you guys by the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Centers. It is Friday Night Lights on a Friday right here on ESPN Radio. New Hampshire. Looking forward to some stuff we've got coming up in the program. We'll be joined by Sam Lewick in just a little bit. He'll break down some more of tonight's high school action. And, of course, later on this evening, we'll hear from the one and only Tom King. Not once, but twice. Of course, Tom, no longer from ESPN Radio New Hampshire, but now from the, or still with the Nashua Telegraph. Always great to hear from Tom, as we, uh, we've all come to love Tom King over here at ESPN Radio in New Hampshire over the course of the last five or six years. So we're happy to be here. It's, it should be a good game tonight in Bedford, New Hampshire. Of course, the Blue Devils head in tonight's, into tonight's game. The road team, you know, one thing I've learned in the few weeks that I've been doing this here, covering these high school games, is you never know what to expect, Tim. Uh, you, you know, I've had these guys that, that cover these games for a living. They truly are local high school experts, prognosticators. Come on and tell me it's going to be a low-scoring game. Next thing you know, it's a high-scoring game. It's going to be a defensive matchup. No defense was played at all. So, again, that's the trick-or-treat you get with high school kids. You think you know what you're going to get, but really you don't know it all. Well, the one thing that did kind of hold serve as uh – Obviously, we, as well as a lot of people, had no games to do Tuesday night. Is some of these uh, matches that are taking place now or managed to be played in the last uh, couple of days uh, are now a little more to form with where the teams are, Patrick, in the standings. For example, Spalding beat Dover by a score of 82 to 51 the other night. Well, Spalding improved to 7 and 2. And Dover fell to two and seven. So you're starting to get the feeling that's the way that's going to happen. The only Division One undefeated team is Portsmouth. They improved their record to nine and zero last night, doubling up against Trinity Boys High School basketball team from Trinity High School in Manchester. Score of eighty six to forty three. But again, that means a nine and zero team beat an zero and eight team. Right. So that's the only thing I've noticed. Sort of reading my newspapers and going to both the NHIAA's website as well as our friends at uh, New Hampshire Sports Page, the teams that are supposed to win are starting to win. The teams that are supposed to lose are starting to lose. But you're absolutely dead on that they're not holding form whatsoever in terms of do they normally play high-scoring games with someone averaging 30 points? Right. Now, they're playing 33-31 finals <laughs> if they have someone like that. On the other hand, if your leading scorer is averaging 12.7 a game, 
you're playing an 86-59 type of football, uh, basketball game. doesn't make any rhyme or reason. Well, and again, you know, you went over the, the standings right now, and I think this is the time of the season where the teams are really starting to, to form their own identities. And, and, you know, us as guys that cover this, uh, the local guys that we've got calling into the program, both pre- and post-game, the guys that make their living writing about these teams, updating these local websites, uh, they now have an idea as to who these teams are, who the star players are, and where these teams ultimately should wind up as the season winds down to an end in about six weeks. So, so I think that some of the guesswork has been taken out as it comes to not so much the style of the game that's going to be played, because again, they're high school kids, and that style can vary from game to game. Uh, but as far as the talent on the court, because at this level, you truly do need talented players to win to win games you're not generally going to win too many games because you outcoach your opponent sure a, a good coach helps but again they're high school kids it, it's talent it, this is a talent based system and it's clear to me that some of these teams the talent level is far and away superior to some of these other teams and whether it's because and you know more about this than i do so maybe you can weigh in here but it seems to me that there's some regional schools in play, so they can pick from a larger field, a larger field of potential players, as opposed to the town schools. Yeah, it's 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 kind of a two-edged sword because if they're in a regional system, that means they're a combination of fairly small towns. So you wind up saying, yeah, it's nice to see two, three communities putting together a high school team, and but you know the top four kids from town A. Well, let's face it, if they were in a city like Manchester, Nashville, Portsmouth, they and four other teammates would be there that are really good, too. Sure. So, on the one hand, you get a mini all-star team, but a mini all-star team from a town of 2,500 people. Right. I will say we could call this Rivalry Friday if we wanted to rename this ourselves. We could even get a sponsor for that. That would be nice, yeah, because (laughs) uh, Nashville North and Nashville South are playing tonight. Uh, Merrimack and Alvern are playing tonight. These are 6.30 games. Uh, Winnicunit and Exeter, you might as well not even notice when you've crossed the town line over at the seacoast. Manchester Central and Manchester Memorial is one of the games uh, we're going to have a regular text feed, more or less, coming to you as oh. the host of the show. Okay. Spalding at Dover is one that we have a phoned-in report in about another seven minutes, and that is, quite frankly, two two towns right next to each other. And uh, Pinkerton and Londonderry. Again, I defy you if you're driving from Londonderry into Derry to know when you're in which city. All right, they're both about <laughs> ten miles from here, but it, it's all it's all rivalries tonight. I don't see, you know, other than like Keene playing Concord. Just sticking on the boys' side for a moment. Okay, so they're maybe an hour and a half apart. Sure. But for the most part, everybody's playing in their own backyard tonight with, again, both Manchester, and good evening to 1250 listeners, two of your schools are playing each other, Central Memorial, and hello again to Nashville listeners, uh, AM 900, because you've got the North and the South playing at South. So there's a lot of that local rivalry Friday taking place tonight. 
it's interesting that you say that, and I'm surprised that these guys, these schools, don't play that up a little bit more. Maybe they do internally, and we just we, we didn't hear about it here. It's, right. been, it's been kind of a, a crazy week. We weren't sure if we we're going to be on on Tuesday, on 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 Friday. We're sort of throwing this thing together here. But if you're just tuning into the program, it is Friday Night Lights FNL on a Friday, which is uh, an awfully novel concept. You know, Mother Nature really made that happen this week with the snow on Tuesday, right here on ESPN Radio New Hampshire. You stream it live at ESPNNHradio.com. You can also find us on the TuneIn app. Of course, all of this is brought to you guys by the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Centers. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we'll have the call. It's the Salem Blue Devils against or at the Bedford Bulldogs. Nick Anastas coming at you at the bottom of the hour with the live action of tonight's high school game of the week right here on ESPN Radio New Hampshire. Coming up shortly, we'll have Sam Lewick join the program sometime around 6.15, 6.20. He'll preview another game or two for us tonight, as it is a pretty full slate of action. We'll keep you guys updated with the scores as the program moves along. Of course, it's Patrick Gilroy. It's Tim Glenday. We'll be with you guys all the way up until 9 o'clock. So we've got the pregame show where we break down tonight's action, Salem at Bedford. And then we'll have the call of the game with Nick Anastas and friends tonight. It's not just Nick. It's not just Nick. We'll be some new voices, some different voices on the program. Uh, I'm going to kill his last name, so help me out here. Dave what? Larravee. Larravee. I need to write that out phonetically. (laughs) So Dave Larravee and uh, Chris Cameron will join Nick Anastas on the call coming up at the bottom of the hour. I I will tell you in uh, dabbling at this for about 40 years now, (laughs) one of the things I used to have to do was... It's like a humble brag, by the way. I I I like that. I had to write, essentially, the... 5 p.m. newscast for the general manager to come in and do that one. Okay. Because I did like a big block at 8 and a big block at noon. And, you know, unless somebody crashed an airplane, whatever I put to bed at 1.30 in the afternoon, 2 o'clock, was the news that you're going to hear at 5 o'clock. But, yeah, everything was done phonetically. <laughs> I just threw all dictionaries and thesauruses out the book. He needs to sound like he knows, say, the name Dave Larravee. So everything was written out that way. It's beautiful. Only because I wasn't writing it for myself. I was writing it for someone else who was, you know, almost cold in reading it. But meanwhile, the cleaning crew comes in overnight and looks at it and says, who the hell wrote this, a first grader? Because everything's spelled incorrectly. Now, it makes sense to you, makes sense to the host, but somebody who doesn't play in this arena, somebody who doesn't do radio, doesn't do TV, doesn't understand that, imagine the horror when they see all the spelling errors. I I think I'm going to tell this particular story now. I know I have not told it on the radio, but it's not a secret and it's widespread. A particular news anchor was a little challenged when it came to using William F. Buckley large words. Okay. So I'm sitting at, now this is how old this story is, I'm sitting at a word processor. Mm. Dating yourself, Tim. Yes, because there had been a locomotive derailment Okay. about 15 miles west of here. And I was making sure there weren't injuries or toxic chemicals, but still a serious story. And a salesman walked in while I was writing this mid-afternoon and said, no, no, you, you, you can't do that. I said, what? And he says, well, it's for the aforementioned anchor. Yes, that, everywhere you have that in your copy, it should be choo-choo fall down instead of locomotive derailment. <laughs> so a gag version was printed where sure. the word processor fixed everything, you know? Yeah, modern so, technology. Tim. And somehow that got from my desk to the then Studio B 
Somehow. And I'm on my way to go get a turkey club sandwich somewhere and figured I'd listen to the 5 o'clock news and breaking news, choo-choo, fall down. Oh, that's awesome. I went, oh, my God, it, it should have been in a wastebasket by now. That's it's awesome. It's a real version, you know, called <laughs> locomotive derailment. That is awesome. Yeah. Look at you, Tim. It, always, was a, it was a highlight, I must admit. Always causing trouble, Tim Glenday. It's ESPN Radio New Hampshire. Stream it live, ESPNNHradio.com. You find us on your TuneIn app, on your mobile devices. It's Friday Night Lights, all brought to you guys by the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Centers. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we'll have the Salem Blue Devils taking on the Bedford Bulldogs. Nick Anastas with the call coming up shortly here on ESPN Radio New Hampshire. If you're looking forward to hearing from Tom King, it's a special treat for you guys tonight. We've got Tom not once but twice coming up on the program, doing both hockey and basketball previews coming up a little bit later on the program. Of course, we'll have the live action of the game with Nick Anastas. Then following the game, Stay tuned to ESPN Radio New Hampshire as we'll break down the game during the post-game show. And for those of you that, that are familiar with me and what I do, the Celtics are playing tonight. Maybe we'll dedicate about 15 minutes of that post-game show to Maybe even some, more, some Celtics action. Maybe what's happening. Yeah, Isaiah Thomas named to his second consecutive All-Star team. Lots to get to. Do you as, want Car- Carmelo as, Anthony? <laughs> actually, I do. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm all for it. New York wants to sell them off because they're 20 and 27 yep. and they don't want to pay $54 million buy low, for the next two years. Danny, buy low. Perfect timing for me. I love it. Absolutely. Because I even think you could probably get them for not the lovely Brooklyn first-round picks. I think you could send your own Celtics picks. I think so, too. So, man, yeah, I've been uh, drooling at that. I saw a, uh, uh, a Nesson report about a half hour ago. Celtics denied their interest. Of course it, they denied it. But, you know. Danny, <laughs> when's the last time Danny Ainge told the truth? And, and if somebody can sort of give me an accurate answer to that, uh, you know, it, Danny Ainge is, is a professional liar. That's what he has to do. Of course the Celtics denied it. And we'll get into that later on in the program tonight, this whole Carmelo Anthony thing, where there's smoke, there's fire. It's clear the Celtics need some help. Carmelo's available. He could help the team. And look, it's a buy-low situation. Guy's 32 years old. New York is eager to move him. I think there's an opportunity there for Danny Ainge to add some legitimate talent to this team without giving up some of his most coveted assets. So we'll get to that later on tonight as well. But coming up before Carmelo Anthony, because once upon a time, Carmelo Anthony had to play high school basketball to get to where he is right now. So we'll have that high school action coming up in about 10, 15 minutes on the program. Nick Anast is standing by right here, ESPN Radio New Hampshire. When we come back, we'll hear from the one and only Sam Lewick. Until then, stay tuned. It's ESPN Radio, New Hampshire. FNL Winter on ESPN, New Hampshire. The Apple Therapy Student Athens, a brand new podcast every week on ESPNNH.com. It's Friday Night Lights right here. ESPN Radio, New Hampshire. You stream us live, ESPNNHradio.com. Find us on your mobile device using the TuneIn app. Of course, this whole extravaganza is brought to you guys by the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Centers. Tonight's action coming at you in about 10-15 minutes. It's the Salem Blue Devils taking on the Bedford Bulldogs. Nick Anastas with the call coming up at the bottom of the hour. Other action tonight, though, it's the Battle of Nashua. As Nashua North takes on Nashua South. And here with us to preview that game is our very only Tom King. Tonight at the Belanger Gym in Nashua South, it'll be the annual Battle of the Bridge game between Nashua North and Nashua South. Nashua South above 500 at 4-3. North coming in 2-5. That's a little of a surprise right there. I think the, the Titans have struggled a little bit 
uh, trying to get chemistry out of the floor. But on the on the bright side, after they lost Ronnie Silver or the off season to prep school, on the bright side, they have won two out of their last three. If you look at the ball handlers, Kyler Blinken and uh, Lonzo Linton, would be the players that everybody would be looking at in tonight's game for North. Nashville South, well, I'll tell you, they come right at you with Kevin Janelle. He is a very aggressive ball player, and he's got some good uh, complimentary parts and players like Alex Amigo. And, of course, the big 65 forward, Max Osgood. It's going to come down to deep. Neither team wants to give an inch. Neither team wants to let the other one run up and down the floor. And it's going to be a big game. I think it's a bigger game for North. They don't want to go to 2-6. and six. So it should be interesting. It'll be lively. There'll be a big crowd. And there'll be a lot of noise at the Belanger Gym. Reporting for Friday Night Lights. Friday edition this time. I'm Tom King. Thanks, Tom King, right there with his preview of what's happening in Nashua tonight as Nashua North takes on Nashua South. Love having Tom King on the program. I am Patrick Gilroy. He is Tim Glenday taking you guys up until about 6.30 when Nick Anastas takes over with the call of tonight's Friday Night Lights matchup. Game of the week, the Salem Blue Devils taking on the Bedford Bulldogs. All of this brought to you guys by the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Centers. Again, it's, it's a good game tonight as Salem visits Bedford, a game that's expected to be somewhat high-scoring and a game where the action should be sort of uh, fast-paced. Both these guys like to get up and down the court and, and score the basketball. It should be a fun and exciting night over there in Bedford, New Hampshire. Nick Anassas will have the call alongside Chris Cameron and Dave. Tim? Laravie. This is your this is yes. your role tonight. Every time I say Dave, you're gonna come in with Laravie. Laravie. Because I'm gonna, now it's in my head. So oh, there's yeah. there's no way it's gonna come out properly. You got Lavalley, all kinds of names. Absolutely. In you. Yeah. Ma- maybe later on in the program. Of course, if you guys are gonna stick with us until uh, through the post game show, we'll be with you till nine o'clock as part of that extravaganza. We'll keep everybody up to date with the scores as best we can from other local high school games in action. There's a lot of action tonight because of the games that were canceled on Tuesday night due to weather. Well, in fact, because of uh, everything that's been catch up or at least played Wednesday and Thursday, I'm going to do a scoreboard. The Beals Insurance Scoreboard, brought to you by Beals Insurance Agency, with locations now in Bedford and Londonderry. Visit BealsInsurance.com. This is the beauty of having NHIAA.org at your fingertips. They played some boys basketball on Wednesday, which they normally don't do. And that's because everything got postponed except like one game Tuesday. So Linwood uh, and Canaan, Linwood over Canaan by a score of 64 to 50. Profile from their home gym took care of Lisbon by a score of 51 to 49. Portsmouth Christian took care of Farmington. The score in that one, 63-53. And because we'll hear much more from Tom King in the 8 o'clock hour via hockey, yeah, let's talk about a little boys hockey from Wednesday night. It was uh, Bo over Wyndham by a score of 2-1. to one. That's the visiting team winning. From St. Thomas Aquinas, they held a serve, so to speak, against Goffstown. A 4-3 hockey game. Dover, in their own Dover Ice Arena. Wow, they killed Timberlane by a score of 9-1. to one. Keene went on the road, played Kingswood. No trouble, 7-0 was their victory. Uh, we had uh, Spalding playing at the Rochester Ice Arena. They beat Oyster River 4-1. to 8-1 to one was the Portsmouth New Market combined team against poor lowly Alvern from across the bridge here in Hudson. 
And uh, we also had uh, victories for Belmer, Belmont Guilford against Berlin. Summersworth Cole Brown versus Laconia. Monadnock versus Conval. Moultonboro Interlakes uh, lost against John Stark. We had uh, Pembroke Campbell versus Sanborn. They were winners. Bedford shut out Trinity at Trinity, meaning a game played probably at the JFK up in Manchester, 6-0. And, uh, and so on and so forth. For the locals, uh, Nashua North uh, played Londonderry. This is the first year Nashua North is combined with Sauhegan. So that's like Amherst, New Hampshire. They lost 8-3. to Nashua South has Pelham as a partner. They played Manchester Central, and it didn't work for them either. They lost by a score <laughs> of 5-2. Uh, to two. So you can't uh, automatically go by some of what uh, you, know, you were kind of talking about. The idea of a, oh, the combined teams. Well, just there in hockey, for example, the combined teams got beat. So Not working out so well. Not so well. <laughs> so that's our, uh, for this half hour, our Beals Insurance scoreboard, Patrick. Thank you, Tim Glenday, for uh, updating everybody with the local scores from this week. And what's been a, a very busy week because of the snow, having to cram all of the week's games into one fewer day, certainly does present its challenges. But here on ESPN Radio New Hampshire, we are there to meet those challenges and pull it all together and give you guys Friday Night Lights on a Friday, which is such a novel concept, of course. Friday Night Lights, both on Tuesday and on Friday, is brought to you guys by the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Centers. Coming up in about five minutes, we'll have Nick Anastas on the call as the Salem Blue Devils visit the Bedford Bulldogs. Look, there's something I want to get into on the postgame show, and I'll sort of preview it here. There's a new three-on-three professional basketball league starting this summer. Yes. Okay, this is exciting stuff because it's going to feature former NBA players. It's going to be half-court. Um, some real star talent is going to be playing in this league, which I love. And they're, they're talking about, right now, the biggest talent is, is Allen Iverson, who's going to be a player coach. Rashard Lewis, multi-time All-Star, is going to be playing in this thing. It looks like they're going to lock up Rasheed Wallace. Kevin Garnett is rumored to be playing. In the, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be in eight cities over the course of 12 weeks. And it's going to be player owned. So there aren't, although there'll be eight teams, there will not be eight team owners. And at the end of this thing, there's going to be a huge pot of money, and the winning team takes home the pot. And they're talking about millions of dollars. Uh, looks like they're going to have an ESPN affiliation. These games are going to be broadcast, and I think they're going to do very well because guys like me want to watch the players that they grew up with. What I want to talk about later on in the program and how it relates to high school basketball and sort of the changing of the way in which that we watch this game. Well, 20 years ago, there was a game on MTV called the Rock and Jock B-Ball game. And mm-hmm. the Rock and Jock game had all kinds of funky out-there rules uh, and that weren't part of real basketball. Had right? a basket above the other basket. It absolutely did. Look at that. But also featured a four-point shot. Yes. This professional league is the first professional league to have a four-point shot outside of the Globetrotters, which I, I put them in a different category. So these are former NBA players. This, this, it's supposed to be five to six feet behind the NBA three is going to be this four-point shot. And you better believe that they're capable of hitting this shot. Sure. And I just wonder, with the change in the way that basketball is being played and the advent of the, the new Stephen Curry basketball, as I like to call it, this, this warrior style, I mean, the Celtics are breaking all kinds of records locally, shooting the three. At one point, over a four-game stretch, they shot more three-point field goal attempts than they did throughout the 1981 season. Okay, so that in four games, it's just the modern-day NBA. And I wonder if that next step. 
because the three-point field goal is no longer presenting the challenge where it's worth the extra point. If at some point professionally, aside from this three-on-three league, mm-hmm. if there will be a four-point shot, if there will be a change to the rules. And people scoff at that. They laugh at that now. But if you take a look at the way the game was played back when Bob Cousy and Tommy Heinsohn played, uh, the, the court itself looks very different than the court that you see today. There was no three-point line. There was no uh, semicircle in the paint where uh, you can sort of hold your own ground versus the, the offensive versus defensive foul. The, the court looks drastically different. And you see these kids play, and everybody, down to the high school league, down to primary school, 7th and 8th grade, they want to shoot the three. They want to copy what they see in the NBA, copy what they see in college, and it's the way that basketball is trending. And I find it very interesting that a legitimate professional league is now instituting a four-point shot. So I want to get into that with you guys later on in the program. We'll have post-game here, 8 to 9-ish, could be 745, could be 8, whatever. I do want to do one more little piece of house cleaning that involves the uh, postponed games. Okay. Because it's really important, I think, for our uh, Manchester listeners in particular. Manchester Central and Spalding are going to play Saturday evening at 6.30. Normally a night there's not a high school game. And the Bishop Girton Trinity, Trinity High School also being in Manchester, that was originally postponed. That's a Sunday afternoon at 3. So they've managed to figure out how to get that one back on the schedule. After that, you wait till next Tuesday, and one of these many games in front of me will be our game of the week, such as what we're going to do now. So uh, without any further ado, unless he tells us, uh, don't do this, <laughs> or uh, the national anthem's in the middle of it, we're going to go to the uh, voice of uh, Division I college basketball Lowell Riverhawks and say good evening to our own Nick Anastas. Nick? All right, Tim, how we doing? Yep, it's time for you to take it away. We heard the tail end of the national anthem, got rid of our hip-hop music in the middle of it, and we're ready to hear the action. Take it away, Nick. All right, welcome here to Bedford High School, the doghouse, filling up here for what should be a good one, Salem and Bedford, both teams with winning records and both teams looking to muscle their way up the D1 ladder. Nick and Astis along with Dave Larravee, Chris Cameron, Simulcasting tonight on Bedford 105.1 FM and, of course, on ESPN New Hampshire. And, guys, two pretty evenly teams, or evenly matched teams, at least on paper. Yeah, I was able to see Salem play BG last week, Nick. They, everything about them is with Griffin Curtis, number 11. He's the guy that makes it happen. They went on a 17-0 run against BG, and it was all him. And it's Curtis who wins the tap with the right hand for Salem. Blue Devils will begin here right to left. Bedford in their home whites. Red lettering, black trim. Salem in the road blues. Sharp blue, I might add. White lettering, black trim. A lengthy possession. Of course, no shot clock, so no hurry. Now a three sprung in the corner. Near side, too strong. Ball hustled down on the weak side by Mokris. And Bulldogs will come left to right on their first trip. Salem opening up in a man-to-man. Mokris holding out his left hand, the senior, trying to get the offense jump-started. Here's a move middle, and a Liam Green drive is going to result in the first foul of the game. It's in the lane against Salem, 
And I believe on the floor, it'll be Bedford ball. Foul on Coletti is first. No, it is shooting. So a chance for the Bulldogs to break the ice here, 47 seconds into the game. We saw Bedford open up in the 2-3 zone. They've mitched, talking to Coach Frank Moreno, assistant coach Frank Moreno before the game. They play a lot of 2-3 and a lot of man. Remarkably, they held Merrimack, a very good Merrimack team, to 13 points earlier this year. Merrimack wasn't ready for their zone, but I think you'll see Sam a little more prepared for that zone today. Green hits the first, and the second one up as well. Liam Green, who start on the field in the football, on the football field in the fall, gets Bedford on the board, and again, his own look here, it looks like. Yep. Look extended zone there, good talking behind the... Uh at the back of the basket to talking to each other. Salem looking for the high post. Again, working right to left and taking their time. Up top, here's Matt McLaughlin. He's going to find his teammate near side corner. That's Zach Carabello, but again, too strong in Bedford on the glass. Nice Pulled in by Missouri, who finds a backdoor cut. That's the finish by Nolan Anderson. The big man hustling at 6-5. Able to score it with the right hand, and the Bulldogs have a 4 nothing lead. Bulldogs seem to have this significant size advantage. Here up top, Moker is going to tie it up and strip him. Took it right out of the hands of DJ Coletto. Now Green on a drive near side of the lane. Kicks far side, Missouri open, and the three is up and in. Really nice pass. Had the lane to the hoop. Opened on the open Missouri who hit his canned three-pointer. That's his specialty. The drive and kick leads to the three. It's 7-0 Bedford. Salem needs a bucket. McLaughlin on the near wing, sizing up the 2-3 zone. Now moves it across for Coletti. Salem trying to find some spacing. On the baseline with a touch is Matt Soldano, and this one turned over. Salem might have to start thinking about a time, an early timeout right now because they came out flat, extremely flat. No energy from them at all. No one out of bounds. Back over to Bedford. A wild pass off the ground. Bulldogs, meanwhile, fumble the handoff on the near wing, and that one turned over. In and out of the hands of Max Chartier, who had his back to the basket deep on the near wing and just bobbled it. Back over to Salem as the two teams exchange turnovers. 7-0 Bedford, just over two minutes gone by in this first quarter. And again, it's that vaunted Bulldog 2-3 zone that's been the story so far as Salem looks to find the answer. Far side, Calabello. Looking middle for Sildano, back up top, McLaughlin one more near side for Coletti. But again, nowhere to go. High post to the leading scorer, Curtis, his first touch in a while. Far side for Colabello, back to Curtis. Far side elbow, Jay is up, no good back iron. Tipped again to the Bulldogs as Mokris comes up with it. Mokris still with the dribble into the front court left to right. Bulldogs threatening to add to their 7-0 lead three minutes in. Chartier down the lane looking for Anderson. No good on the catch. He hits the floor, and the ball turned over to Salem as Calabello able to wrestle it away for the Blue Devils. Far side, off the crossover. Curtis, another elbow J. No good from 15, and a muscle rebound there for Green and the Bulldogs. Salem's just come out stone cold, really not getting any good looks at all. It's interesting. They have Curtis playing down low in the zone. Against BG, he was strictly like a three-point shooter, but they're looking to kind of play a little inside out with him. Iwama Zervi, a little room on the far side of the lane. He runs into a defender. Offensive foul. Matt McLaughlin able to slip in and draw the charge for Salem. He had the position on the low block. And a good defensive stop there by the Bulldogs. will get Salem the ball back. Trailing 7-0 as we near the midway point of this first quarter. Colabello sizing up the defense. Mokas 
One of the two guards at the top of the 2-3, really extending beyond the three-point line, trying to defend. Arabello back over, shot up by Curtis and in. That'll break the ice. Straight away three, puts Salem on the board, 7-3 Bedford. He didn't, he didn't call that, but he'll take it. <laughs> nice, nice angle from the glass on the top. Inside Green for Bedford. Kick out Missouri far corner, passes on the shot. Back out to Green on the far wing. Right-hand drive, finds a crease in the lane. He's fouled again. He'll head back to the stripe where he hit two earlier. Green is a great slasher. I've not seen him play, and he makes a great head fake uh, out in the three-point line. No one's made him shoot it, and then he just goes by him every time. Yeah, if you look at this Bedford team, there's no true point guard. I mean, they have Mokas, who's kind of, you know, running the point a little bit. Green's running the point. Missouri's not really handling the ball. They have a bunch of slashers. Uh, Chartier, number four, is a slasher. Green's a slasher. Um, Nolan Anderson, number 24, the big guy down low. He just likes to play down low, but he does have, he can step out and hit a 15, 17-footer. 8-3 Bulldogs. Green now 3-for-3 three three at the stripe. Make it 4-for-4 four four for the right-hander. Bedford with a 9-3 lead. As Salem now looking to score on back-to-back -back trips. Right to left. McLaughlin with the blue t-shirt underneath. Whips it inside and then a quick pass. Sets up a layup for Curtis. He missed it. Going to stay with it though. Goes back up and draws the foul as he's surrounded by Bulldog White. And the senior tri-captain will head to the free throw line for two. Nice pass, though, leading to that layup attempt by Matt Saldano. Well, that's exactly what they need to do to break this zone. They got the ball behind the basket. The defenders had to turn and face him, wide open lane. Should have been a layup. He missed it. Lucky he got his own rebound. He's taken the last five shots for Salem. So the, the offense is, as we talked about in the open, is revolves around him. And he's a little bit off tonight. He does have, on this free throw, he's got five points. But in one of them was a bank. From three. Two yes. for two trip for the six-footer. Chris Cameron special. <laughs> Banks always open, even on Friday nights. It has been in this first quarter. Bulldogs with a 9-5 lead, closing in on three minutes to go. Near elbow, Jay for Chartier. In and out, no good. Weak side rebound for Salem's Carabello. And the guard will come right to left into the front court. Bulldogs retreat to the 2-3. That's been the look so far for a roaming Mark Elmendorf. 6-5 head coach over on the Bedford sideline, watching silently. Again, Salem taking their time. They find a shot in the near corner. Three is up and in. Nothing but net there for D.J. Coletti, able to spot up and drain. Meanwhile, Bedford racing left to right. Trying to find an answer. Green on the near wing into the lane. Skip pass sets up another three, and that one is good. Second from downtown, four. Trey Missouri, Troy, excuse me, from a basketball family, hitting his second from the same spot as a few minutes ago. He'll take that nickname, Trey Missouri. <laughs> Yeah, it fits for sure as he has opened up two of two from downtown. Meanwhile, Coletti another three. This one from straight away and too strong. Rebound off the back iron goes to Missouri, and Bedford has it with a 12-8 lead. Two and a half to go first, first quarter. And meanwhile, Chartier lost the ball in the lane. Was it deflected? Yes, it was. It will stay with Bedford. Salem trying to argue that... It should have been blue double ball. Rob McLaughlin, the head coach over there. This is really interesting, Nick. Um, Bedford has triplets out in the court right now. The Chartier. Remember the movie The Hanson? How many Hanson brothers? Right now we right. got three Chartiers out on, out on the court for Bedford. Yeah, first subs <laughs> of the game for Coach Elmendorf. Steve Chartier coming in at one of the guard spots along with the starter, Max. And now Max at midcourt having his hands fully turns it over and going to the rim and laying it in. 
Laying it in, yeah. Laying, Laying it, in. it in. You can't give Curtis him a dunk. You with can't. the right hand. I think he tried to dunk it, but you can't. That's a Dave Larrabee dunk. Oh, there we go. It's starting early here. Well, there would have been no mistaking a Dave Larrabee dunk. <laughs> Meanwhile, Missouri off the layup, missed it. Rebound Salem and a foul coming on Chartier of the Bulldogs deep in the backcourt after the missed layup. He has a word for McLaughlin as the two jarred each other at midcourt. Meanwhile, we're inside of two minutes first quarter. Suddenly things have tightened up. Bedford led 7-0. The Bulldog advantage just 2 at 12-10. A little sloppiness, a couple of turnovers led to easy baskets, so uh, Bedford let him back in. But we'll have to see how the uh, the new recruits, the, the folks off the bench, do with this roaming defense. The defense has been very, very effective. They've got some good, the good looks they've made, and then they missed yeah, a bunch of open it's shots. A, it's a Syracuse 2-3 flex zone. They have the two bottom guys flashing up, almost like a 3-2 zone. But Salem has moved the ball, and they've been able to get some good shots in the last four possessions. They're moving it here on this trip. Five, six passes. Now a shot in the middle. Too strong off the back iron for Soldano. And a defensive board for Bedford's Chris Chartier. Here is Chartier looking far side. It's picked off. Bounce pass intercepted by Curtis. Right to left for Salem. Up ahead, and there's the right-hand layup. It's for DJ Coletti. He's got five, and Salem has tied the game at 12 apiece. Another turnover, another basket. Two steals for Curtis, who has come alive in this first quarter on both sides for Salem. Bulldogs looking to reclaim the lead. Coach Elmendorf standing with his hands on his hips at the top of the bench. Inside, Anderson turns and scores off the glass with the right hand from the far side. That's where Bedford has a huge advantage, down low. Second field goal for Anderson. Salem down two. Minutes to go, first quarter. A good start here in Bedford to our FNL winner game of the week. McLaughlin, the point guard, surveys, comes back near side for Coletti. McLaughlin near corner, skip pass, far side, Carabello, three on the way, it's short. And a rebound off the bounce in the lane, goes to Bedford. Now Chartier in the far corner. Looks for Chris Chartier, and he'll pull it out with the right hand. Salem in that man-to-man, really stretching it out here in the half-court set. 30 seconds to go, Bulldogs by two. Anderson on the near side, the big man, goes back door for Max Chartier, hammered, throws it up high off the glass, no good, but he'll shoot too. Foul on Curtis, who came over the top of that swiping right hand. He may have served just letting that go. Yeah. Uh, I want to point out, back. Uh, the, this is the third time in a row back on the defensive side for Bedford that Salem has gotten the ball behind the basket, and that has led to a good look. And uh, for, for this extension defense that's being played here, that's exactly what they need to do. We'll see if they can uh, continue to do that to get good looks on the Salem side. So you mean baseline. We're not talking yeah, lacrosse. Baseline. Uh, we're, we're talking. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Behind the basket, behind was the that basket. not clear enough? No, it's for, for, our, for our listeners out there. Okay. Two free throws I know what you're for, saying, though. For Max Chartier, he gets good. On his first trip to the line. Meanwhile, Curtis, a three straight away, up and in. He's had the touch here, eight to lead all scores. Ten seconds left. Salem slashes Bedford's lead to one at 16-15. Max Chartier, top of the key, got a step on McLaughlin and then runs into the backside defender, Curtis. Big collision under the rim. Chartier landed hard but is okay. That's an offensive foul. The Salem bench enjoyed it. Five seconds to go. Blue Devil ball down one, a chance for Salem able to take the lead at the end of the first. Good call by that ref. I had a look at that. He was positioned. Yeah, but in, in the NBA or the college game with the arc there, that would not have, that would not have been a charge because he was like right underneath the basket. Laughlin to Saldano. Shot is up, but they're going to wave it off. Got a friendly roll, but the 15-footer no good and the bearded senior with a smile for Coach McLaughlin. That'll do it for the first. A good game here in Bedford. 
15. Bulldogs by a point. You're listening to the FNL Winner Game of the Week presented by ESPN New Hampshire and Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Centers. We are, of course, simulcasting tonight with Bedford 95.1 FM. Back in a moment. Second period action is underway. Let's go back to Bedford and pick up the call of Nick Anastas. Right, on the drive near side, left to right. Inside to Anderson. Going to rise, shoot, trying to bank it. No, and a skying two-hand grab off the glass for Salem's Curtis. Good pace here early on. Curtis thought about putting it up near elbow. Coach Elmendorf wanted to travel. Salem reverses it far wing. 2-3 zone again for the Bulldogs. That was looked the whole first quarter. McLaughlin for three side iron and a rebound off the bounce from Mokis of the Bulldogs. Minute gone, second quarter. Two-point lead now for Bedford as they control left to right. <laughs> you got away with the travel right yeah, there. Down the lane, Green. And the rebound off a wild shot off the glass for Curtis again. Up the floor for Salem right to left in the middle. Oh, Quick nice shot pass. there for Soldano. Rattles in and out, no good. Good look, though. Rebound to Bedford. Salem is getting good looks against this zone now. One thing that Coach Elmendorf has brought to the Bedford program, there hasn't been much consistency amongst the coaches. Dave, as you know, your boys played here. A lot of coaches, but one thing you notice is Bedford team, they play hard for Coach Elmo. Everyone on the yep. they're hitting the floor. They're running in transition. They're taking charges. It's just a, it's a coach that you want to play hard for, and he brings it out the best in them. Also seeing a lot of good fundamentals, that, that drop step move that Mocha's just made. Classic, kind of a big man move for a guard. So I'm seeing some nice nice uh, examples of some good fundamentals from the Bedford team as well. 17-15, timeout on the floor. It'll be Salem basketball. Coach McLaughlin using his first of this first half with a minute and a half gone in the second quarter. 17-15. Meanwhile, both teams successful early on in this season, winning records and... A great way, I guess, in late January for a playoff team to size up one another. Yeah, I think Bedford right now, it's Portsmouth right now. Portsmouth's the team that everyone's chasing. Bedford last week played them. They were up in the third quarter, wound up losing by 14. But these are two of the teams that can challenge Portsmouth. Yeah. Two Salem, final four teams. Salem ball out of the timeout. Again, Bedford in the 2-3 zone. Pass is deflected in the far corner, and they're saying turned over. Yeah, they trapped Bedford out of that 2-3 trap. Right? Mocus came up came from down, up top, down low, and trapped. Really active defense here. The, the, every person on the Bedford defense extends, do a really nice job, and Salem's really got to find some seams. Turned over by Trevor D'Amicchio. Bulldog ball, 17-15, two minutes in second quarter. A lively coach, McLaughlin, clapping his hands on the Salem sidelines, but he watches as the Bedford center is rejected twice inside by Curtis. Loose ball in the lane. Underneath, a third try for Anderson, and there's the right hand off the glass. Yeah, I mean, Griffin Curtis just doing it all, but, but that was a great pass from Eric Brown right now, down low, and three for a quarter there for Nolan Anderson. Back-to-back rejections for Curtis. He has two steals for Salem as well, but the Bulldogs get the bucket and a two-possession lead, and now a steal. Anderson steps in the lane and picks off a pass. Up the floor to Mokis off the bounce. A fake, and then he draws a foul as the shot goes wide. Clobbered over the top by Domenico. And two more coming for Mokis, one of the leaders in the Bedford locker room. 19-15 Bulldogs with two and a half gone by in this second quarter. Back to that little double block play there. The uh, classic big guy move. Got the ball, felt the defender there, and gave a head fake, which allowed him to get into position. So... For, for, the, for those uh, those kids at home, when you've got the ball, you see a big guy coming at you, go up with the ball, don't give him a chance to get into position. 
Salem starting the second quarter like they did the first quarter. They, they were down 7-0, and right now two and a half minutes in, they're scoreless here in the second quarter. Yeah. And the Bulldogs have put up five since the break. They lead by six, 21-15. Meanwhile, quick shot. Left hand on the other side for Nick Hayes. Too strong. Rebound near side for Green of Bedford. Long pass from Mokus up the floor for Connor Crowley, who just came off the bench. And now Bedford will slow it down. Mokus down the far side of the lane. Leaves it inside for Green. Turns, fires right hand. No. Off target and off the back iron miss. The rebound goes to Hayes of Salem along the baseline. Right to left. Blue, Do Blue Devils, rather, looking for a bucket. Instead, it's picked off. Crowley down the far side of the lane for Bedford now. Draws the hit and will head to the line as Sedano slammed into him with the right shoulder he points to his head and points to the bench as if to tell his teammates we got to play smarter right now yeah that, that's their third turnover here in the second quarter and they've only i mean they come down they're launching quick shots curtis is not he's got one shot here so far in the second quarter so far and that's it crowley will add to the bulldog lead his first point is the right hand free throw is up and in 22 15 bedford matching their largest lead from earlier back in the first quarter when they began the game with a seven nothing lead Salem really has not got any action inside on the paint, and that's, no. that's, that's really, uh, they're, they're living and dying on Curtis's three and outside play right now. Second free throw, no good. Rebound to Salem. Blue Devils right to left. Three minutes in, second quarter. 22-15. Up top, Curtis, the star, down the near side. Off-balance shot, no good. good Carney, hustle. though, able to keep it alive. He just checked in. Matt Carney hustling, and then he's blocked at the rim. Sent away by the Bulldogs, Eric Brown, who also just came on. Meanwhile, High Archer up and in near side for Griffin Curtis, who has been really the backbone of the offense for Salem tonight. He's got 10. Quick shot the other way for Brown is good. A foot inside the free throw line. Bedford a quick answer. 24-17 as we head towards the midway point second quarter. Eric Brown making the most of his minutes. Absolutely. I mean, he's got a great touch on that shot right there. Three on the other side up and in from the far wing for Salem. It's Jake Fantasio just checked in. One of the reserves for Salem. Cutting it to four at 24-40. Then a block from Carney. Sent Green shot back. Green keeps it alive at the free throw line, though. And comes near corner for Crowley. Spins along the baseline. Leaves it for Brown. Sizes up the bucket and knocks it down from the near elbow. There's Eric Brown again. He was hurt. He's been hurt this year. He's back, and he's looking pretty healthy to me. And he's going to be an impact player for them. Listed at 6-4. Had plenty of room from 15 feet out to give Bedford a 26-20 lead. Three and a half to play second quarter. A runner. For Salem's Dominico, no good. Green, a rebound for Bedford in the lane. Bulldogs back again left to right. Green on the near wing. Looking to drive to the bucket. Leaves it back for Anderson. Swung up top for Crowley. Thought about it. Instead puts it on the deck. Now goes inside for Green. Spins to his right. Has Anderson near wing. Fires. No good. A line drive effort. Rebound for Carney for Salem. Blue Devils going to slow it down as Griffin comes right to left into the front court. Trailing by six. Now Griffin off the, uh, the fake. Comes near elbow. Throws it inside for Carney, but miscommunication. Senior turned his head. Ball is taken away by Bedford's Crowley, and now Green will slow it down inside of three minutes. Looking inside for Green. Tough catch goes up and draws the foul. Bank shot just rolled off the front iron, but two on the way for the Bedford senior. Yeah, Carney, I don't think he's used to catching too many passes from Curtis. He's used to just turning and rebounding the ball. That's what happened right there. But Carney, since he's checked into this game, he's made an impact. He's blocked some shots, got some rebounds, and they need that size down low. Yeah, given the size there, looking at uh, Brown and Anderson, that's a nice tandem down below. If they can get a little work going together between the two, maybe a little high-low, we could really maybe see them do something. Yeah, Brown has certainly earned, I mean, he's going to earn some PT with his performance so far we've seen in this first half. Especially he's, if he can hit that little elbow jumper and then get Anderson down low. He's that's, always been able to hit that 15-footer and in. 
Anderson 0 for 2 at the line. Rebound goes to Salem. Coach McLaughlin on the near sideline watching on his knees here as Salem takes their time against this 2-3 zone. Inside what? Curtis. Nice across pass. the paint with a bounce pass, but the layup no good for Domenico. Slap back out, though, for Curtis. Salem will keep it here at this end. A couple layups Rabble. missed, though, in this first half by the Blue Devils. Far side, three up and in. It's the lefty Nick Hayes. He <laughs> missed his first one from that spot moments ago, but he's able to capitalize on his second from downtown. 26, no, they say it was a two. 26-22 is Bedford leading. Well, Anderson in the post. Nice. Spins right-hand shot, though, is too strong off the glass. Rebound to Salem. Curtis able to clear it. Keeps it himself right to left into the front court. Chance for the Blue Devils to make it a one-possession game. They trail 26-22. Swung far side. Hayes, he hit one a moment ago. He fires this time, missing off the side iron. And a rebound off the bounce collected in the corner by Brown. Bulldogs will slow it down. You know, Anderson's having a tough time finishing down low, but they're going to start going. I mean, he's making some good, he's got some good post moves. Absolutely. Locus in the far block, spins and fires a skip pass near side for Crowley. Three-pointer too strong. Offensive rebound, though, Mokas. And then back to Crowley near corner. Fakes the shot, puts it on the deck, down the lane. Banker good, and the foul. What and a, a big pit, fist pump from Coach Elmendorf on the Bedford sideline. And and one opportunity here with Bedford up six. Nice move. Missed the first shot. Looked good in the air. Had a second look with a good rebound. And a great scoop move, taking the hit and finishing with the finger roll. Nice play. Foul on Carney, his second. When the uh, Bulldogs traveled to win a cunt last week, they were down four late. Crowley hit a, a four-point play. He fouled on the three, made one, sent the game to overtime, and Bedford wound up winning in overtime. That's stealing right there. Crowley can't hit the free throw. However, the rebound to Carney, and now Salem operating right to left. In the lane, Curtis pass tipped and stolen by Crowley. Crowley down the lane, right-hand scoop too strong. Offensive rebound, then a wild left-hand shot off the glass from Ryan Porter. Finally finished up, though, by Liam Green on the near block off the glass as Bedford continues to pound the offensive board. They've got their largest lead of this first half with a minute to go, 30-22. to Salem needs a bucket. McLaughlin is back on the floor to try and run the offense. On the far side with his running mate, Coletti. Now McLaughlin inside to Carney on the far block. Double team comes. Pass comes back up top for McLaughlin. Swung near side for Domenico. Lob over the top. Caught on the baseline by Carney. 40 seconds to go. Good Bulldog defense. Carney surrounded in the near post now. Skips it for McLaughlin on the wing. Two dribbles. A slice move in the lane. Underhand pass tipped under the basket out of bounds. And it'll stay with Salem now with 31 seconds remaining. Generally some really good conversation and talking between the Bedford big guys down low. I saw a little breakdown there. they got to make sure they get back to talking to each other about what's going on down low. Over the top. Salem off the inbound. will slow it. Domenico near side for McLaughlin. Right in front of Coach Elmendorf who barks at the defense. Three-pointer off the skip pass is up and in. Saw that yeah. from a mile away. They're throwing, they like that skip from corner to corner right there. Coletti is second from downtown. One of the tri-captains. He's got eight. Ten seconds to go. Second quarter and now a turnover. Bedford's Brown mishandles a pass along the far baseline. It trickles off his left hand. And turned over to Salem with just over ten seconds to go. 30-25 to 25 is this Bedford lead as the Bulldogs have led by as many as eight and have led this entire first half so far. Salem final possession perhaps. Here's Domenico. Far side for Coletti who hit one a moment ago. Doesn't want it though. Back to Domenico far corner. Three seconds. Has to fire up top. This one off target off side iron. Rebound to Green of Bedford. And with that the horn sounds and the first half is in the books. 
30-25. to Bedford out in front of Salem. Bulldogs first scored the first seven of the game. They led by as many as eight in the second quarter. But Salem certainly hanging around, led by Griffin Curtis, who leads the, fa- uh, the way unofficially with ten points. Two very different styles of uh, play here. You've got Bedford, who is playing a really uh, effective, expanded 2-3 zone. Almost looks like a man-to-man because they run out to all the players. Uh, and it looks to me like Salem has not taken advantage of cutting the seams and getting the inside play. They've rel- relied on the outside shot, which has worked pretty well for them. Chris, yeah, what, what, what do you see? I mean, here? it was all about Griffin Curtis in that first quarter. I think he wore down in the second quarter. He didn't even. I was waiting for him down the stretch to get the ball. He didn't even want the ball. He was just kind of lost in the offense. So he played all. He logged all 16 minutes right there. So that's a factor that we got to look at. Bedford, um, they got to get the ball down low. They got to just pound them and pound them and pound them. That's where they're finding all their success. Right. This this game was a mirror image so far of the BG Salem game last week at BG. Um, Salem was down by 10 points. Early in, the, early in the third quarter, went on a 17-0 run, and that was all Curtis lighting up. So if Bedford does not want to let Curtis heat, heat up, because if he heats up, this could be a quick lead change right here. Well, they seem to getting getting the expanded 2-3 zone and getting a hand in his face most of the time. And he has missed some open shots. He has. He's not on tonight. He's right. not. I mean, he can heat up in a hurry. Right. So I guess we're going to have to really see whether uh, whether he heats up or not. There really no one else seems to be stepping up and, and, and be a difference yeah. maker for the yeah. Salem squad. Uh, on the Bedford side of things, we talked about him before, but Eric Brown coming off the bench, who, I mean, he, he's a high-level player, but what we talked about he's had injuries. He come in here, six points, made some assists, got some rebounds, played some good defense. He's a guy I think we're going to see some extended minutes for here in, in the second half. Well, 30-25, to 25, a two-possession difference. Bedford out in front of Salem. Let's send things back to our studios. You're listening to our FNL Winter Game of the Week on ESPN New Hampshire. And it all here on ESPN, on ESPN New Hampshire. Are you ready? The Beals Insurance Scoreboard brought to you by Beals Insurance Agency with locations now in Bedford and Londonderry. Visit BealsInsurance.com. And tonight's Beals Insurance Scoreboard, it is Bedford over Salem. Our game right here, 30-25 to 25 at the half. News out of Epping tonight, the Epping-Pittsfield game suspended for right now. Not sure if action will resume. The gym has been evacuated due to a water main break. Not looking good for the completion of that game tonight, Tim. Uh, Nashua North, Nashua South all knotted up at 14 at the end of the first. Other action this evening, Spalding in De- at Dover and Central at Memorial. We'll get you guys scores as they come in. And that is your Beals Insurance scoreboard. Now, you did uh, scare me earlier. I thought perhaps the world's fastest basketball game had been played. But that was a girls' game this afternoon that you had looked up on. <laughs> so we thought North and South had jumped the gun on us and maybe rescheduled to an afternoon game yeah. instead of what the web tells us. The girls' us. game. You gotta, in reality, the gals played first. Today. Absolutely. They played first today. And that, I'm learning that with this job, Tim. Okay, I have to take a closer look at the timestamp on Twitter because they don't specify. Boys it, versus girls. It's it's one of the nice things, actually, about both the NHIAA's website as well as the website for New Hampshire Sports Page. This is only like the first year sure. that they're posting all the girls' games. I didn't realize they were that far behind in all of this. Well, Because I just assumed that was something with Title IX and whatever that was being girls done. Girls matter, too, Tim. But then mid-'70s, mid-'70s, I was at Xavier University. And, uh, you know, the various Jesuit schools would fly in to play the Musketeers. You know, the girls' game would be like Saturday morning at 1030. 
I mean, it was the craziest stuff. Because now it's, of course, some of the most popular and highly rated basketball. Absolutely, it is. is Division One women's college basketball. Sure is. But I can remember when, uh, yeah, they didn't give a darn. UConn girls and Rebecca Lobo changed that about 20 years ago. I, yeah. I should have got to this in the scoreboard as well. Uh, tonight's Celtics action, if you're just joining us, Al Horford will not play tonight. Out with a groin injury. Jalen Brown taking his place in the starting rotation as the Orlando Magic make their way into the Boston Garden. If there's a game that Al Horford, it's okay for him to sit. It should be against the lowly Orlando Magic. But nothing comes easy for these Celtics. So again tonight, your score at the half. Bedford over Salem, 30-25. to Let's go right back to Nick Anastas with our second half action. Nick, take it away, my friend. All right, thank you, Tim. 30-25, to Bedford. As we get set for the start of the second half, official numbers, 